Welcome back to season two of the Empowerment Session with your hosts Yasmin Coxum and Dina Delessandro, where we share our energy, tips, and resources to help you get and stay empowered. Well, my friend, it has been a week and I am so glad to be talking to you today because I have so much to unpack. I mean, you and I spend a lot of spent a lot of conversations talking about our goals and achievements and things that we want out of life and what this this entrepreneur life is all about. And this week I've just been dealing with a lot of struggles. And so um, I was thinking we might want to talk about is, is juggling all of these things to be your own business person. You know, what are the pros and cons of that? Is it worth it? How might we define being an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, how much and how long it takes as far as time and energy and even money out of our own pockets of what we're sacrificing to make things feel successful for us to eventually get to that six figure goal of ours. And um, yeah, so a ton of stuff. So I don't think we're, (laughs) I don't think we're going to be able to pack all of it in, in one episode. So it's possible listeners that you might end up hearing a lot of uh, subtopics come up on this in, in our season three, but I wanted to start off with, you know, how we, we would define even what an entrepreneur is. I've often called myself that I hit the ground running during many times of my life where I would be working for myself, but working for yourself can mean a variety of different things. It could mean you are an independent contractor where you bill out your services to people who pay you. It could mean owning your own business where you're actually setting yourself up with your state to create a business entity like a corporation, an S corp, an LLC, and having your own tax ID numbers. It could be a side hustle or a side gig where you have a full-time job, but maybe you do something on the side that is somewhat of a hobby pursuit that you hopefully want to turn into a full-time job down the line too, like my friends who make cookies or jewelry or uh, nutrition counseling that they might on the side work like meal plans and recipes for people. So this definition of what it even means to be an entrepreneur, it takes a lot of, I think, internal inspiration, innovation, being able to be okay with taking risks. And I think, yes, me and you and I will also talk a little bit about that too. You know, yeah, there's the comfort of, having a full-time job, getting a steady paycheck, getting a 401k, having health insurance for you. But then there are not so great things about that, that maybe it doesn't drive your passion. Maybe you don't love the people with whom you work for or with in your, in your own department. Um, In some cases, those quote unquote benefits you get aren't even benefits depending on how much you're company is doing for you. Like you might have to pay out of pocket for a lot of your own health insurance things, or they might not reimburse you to get trained in professional development and that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's just a lot of back and forth. And um, the thing that kind of struck me this week is that I, as I've mentioned before, I work with a lot of dietetic interns who are assigned to me for their programs, who have to shadow me even in a virtual setting, kind of watch what I do and how I do it. And then I also work with a variety of, um, student volunteers, and those people, I utilize them a little bit more as administrative support. So, you know, legally speaking, I'm not giving them like, you know, unpaid full-time jobs. I'm just having them work on things like blog posts or some materials, content and research that I have to do. And, uh, and they're willing to do it and they're very happy to do it to gain some insight. But we often meet about two times a week online as a group. 
and they come with a ton of questions and they keep seeing me, especially this last couple of weeks with some deadlines and pressing deadlines. They keep saying to me, you have to take a break, girl. Like you are looking really tired. And why are you, (laughs) why are you sending out emails at 2.46 AM? And, and I'm like, sometimes that's what we do. And especially as a solo entrepreneur, you know, to have uh, spent the last four years of calling myself an entrepreneur, but not really feeling like an entrepreneur. I think the last two months of the beginning of this year is where I'm really seeing some, some of the things that I've been dreaming of come to fruition. So as, as we're recording this right now, you know, we're in the beginning part of uh, 2021. I have some goals and I think you do too. Yes. Mean about first quarter pursuits and that's, right around the corner. So I am flipping stressing out right now because I want to, I want to have that checkbox checked off. So I'm going to stop for a second, just ask you for some insight there, because we've talked about this as well. And we've both worked traditional jobs and we've also worked, you know, part-time gigs. So what do you consider to be the true definition or what is entailing to be an entrepreneur? Okay. Well, um, I guess we can start with, uh, kind of a definition, like a blanket definition that Google gives, right? Sure. What is an entrepreneur? A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. (laughs) That is the definition that is there, which looks a little bit scary if you think about it. I mean, the part that says like a person who organizes and operates a a business or businesses, okay, that part seems kind of cool. But then when you get to the second half of this definition, taking on greater than normal financial risk Mm -hmm. in order to do so, it's kind of like... Sheesh. Okay. So the real point here is that most people, a lot of people, okay, yes, I'm going to, most people cannot necessarily just jump in head on to this type of venture and be like, great, I'm going to now be an entrepreneur because of the second half of this definition. You Mm -hmm. know, they need to have some kind of steady ground, some kind of kind of cushion to operate from in order to feel like they can, you know, even start to build and begin to build on their, their dreams in order to create these uh, business businesses. Right. And so when you just uh, mentioned that you weren't really feeling like an entrepreneur, that you were calling yourself one, but you weren't feeling like one, I started to think about the time that it takes really to, to develop your own operation. Um, and, And you and I were discussing this before we started to record. So just because you are not yet at that stage where you are just, you know, fully in charge of, everything that you are doing, Um, you know, you have your operation completely up and running. You are even bringing other people into the operation, um, et cetera, before you can feel maybe like that. Um, there's a lot of groundwork. And again, this goes back to, uh, I think we were talking a little bit about this um, last week with, um, you know, uh, going back to your why. Mm -hmm. As soon as you you discover what your why is, then building upon that and that being the fuel that keeps you going um, so that you can be consistent uh, in your efforts yes. to, uh, to, to become an entrepreneur. So when you said not feeling like one, and when I'm looking at this definition, <laughs> I was just kind of thinking, you know, yeah. well, I think that it starts, it all starts with your mindset. Yeah. Okay. So for example, you were like, yes, I mean, I've been calling myself one. Yes, because you 
have been uh, consistently putting in a little here, a little there, um, you know, different, you've been laying the groundwork, in other words, mm. to be fully operational as an entrepreneur. And so when we're in that stage, I think a lot of times we, you know, we can feel a little bit fraudulent or like, well, we're not really like, you know, so-called entrepreneurs yet. We're just, uh, we're kind of, in, what's the other, you, you talked about a couple of different things. So we're kind of, we kind of like have like a side hustle. Right, in other words, right. it feels more like a side hustle than full on entrepreneurship. And so it's just important to realize that, you know, it starts with your your, your why, your mindset in terms of consistency and doing this. And then, you know, it kind of builds from there in terms of this idea of being a full-on entrepreneur. And I mean, before we kind of go into, you know, other things with regards mm -hmm. to this, um, you know, there are a few like, the, you know, I was looking at this article, employee mindset versus entrepreneur mindset. Okay. Um, all right. And so one of the, the, the mindsets that it has here is that employees dream about freedom. Entrepreneurs enjoy freedom, right? Okay. So employees think about, think without um, starting and entrepreneurs start without thinking, <laughs> okay, um, employees improve their weaknesses and entrepreneurs improve, improve their skills, mm -hmm. okay, um, employees wait for the right time, entrepreneurs um, move without thinking about the right time. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I think this other one, employees dream their plans and entrepreneurs plan their dreams. Okay. Um, I, that one really spoke to me because this is, um, you know, kind of part of what drew us yep. uh, together is our want to plan, you know, to put plans in motion and, and then the plans lead to actions that lead us to do the things that we really would like to do in our lives. And so that one really spoke to me. I, I've, I've been talking for quite a bit now, so, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm going to, going to give the floor to you so that you can kind of address, uh, or add on to any of that. Well, I appreciate what you said. Cause I think I came in hot with like the woe is me thing going on here when I really need to step back and be aware that everything I am doing is an entrepreneur mindset. And so, uh, much like you, I, I looked up a couple of things just to reinforce our conversation today. And I think what I've been doing is, uh, is not correct. I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't be equating the amount of hours that I've put in the last couple of weeks to what I, what I deem as success, because sometimes you just have to be busy. You know, it's a certain mm. time of year where I have to generate, um, in, I have to generate information and look at material and analyze things and catch up with some deadlines that just happen to happen around February and March. And so that's just the nature of the game right now. Now in the future, if I continue to spread myself that thin, yeah, that's not going to feel successful to me. But I, I do want to honor the fact that I am pre-planning and forward planning something. So that is an entrepreneur mindset of if I'm trying to make sure my goals are in place, that I do want to reflect and you know, do that SWOT analysis. I think we've talked about too, of seeing where my weaknesses and my strengths might be, giving myself a second to look back on that. And so the particular article that I'm looking at right now, which of course we will add to the episode notes as well. If that takes 20 hours or 70 hours a week, so be it. 
the problem is, is that 70 hours is a lot and I'm so tired, <laughs> but 70 hours a week, every week is very not good. Like that means something is wrong. You're not being efficient. You're not being, you're not doing something correctly if you are constantly working 70 hours a week. So for two weeks in a row, okay, fine. I'll allow it. But this next week going in, I do not want to have to be spread so thin. And a lot of things are starting to fall off. Like a lot of things I've checked off. Okay, that's done. And you and I also talked, not just in previous episodes, but uh, in, in ones to come. And even just recently, you know, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're working 24 seven. Like you don't always have to be so active. And I've planned one week off for myself in mid to end of March. I planned two weeks off for myself at the end of May. I planned one week off for myself in July. So granted, those are weeks that are not getting paid. Like as far as if I were to Uh, compare this to a a typical traditional full-time job where I would have vacation time. But to know that I'm taking time off to let myself rejuvenate and regenerate and refresh means that I also have to prepare of how I can let that week go without making any income. So one of the other things too about categorizing these this, this definition of entrepreneurship is also including different streams of income and that juggling act of you know, forward planning, creating content, seeing where people are asking you things that potentially you can look at to monetize so that you can set those, those streams in place so that when you do want a week off, all that stuff's just sitting there making money on its own as a passive source, even though you actively did something in the beginning to get that set up in that way. So I don't know, do you want to take that in that direction too, Yasmin, of what we might consider to be like, what are we juggling as entrepreneurs? What are the different, you mentioned gig economy before you and I got on the recording too. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's something too. Independent contractors, et cetera. So I'll let, I'll let you mm. take it from here. Well, I mean, we, I mentioned this like gig economy stuff because of the idea that um, people, you know, I don't know. I feel like nowadays that there's so much change that's going on in terms of what we think uh, you know, work is mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Like actually defining what work is, um, and you know how and where and when it actually takes place, right? And so I feel like in the past, I don't know how long this has been going. Maybe, maybe fifteen years, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. ten to fifteen years at this point, maybe. Um, Maybe 10. Okay. I'll I'll stick to 10 maybe now. All right. Um, That, you know, that people have really been in this hustle mentality. Okay. So you mentioned juggling act. All right. And so people have really been in this like uh, hustle. Okay. So, you know, they have a full-time job, but they're doing, you know, they're, they're content creators on the side. Now that that's available, that wasn't available before. People are taking the time to think about their, their, um, their time. Right. So, I mean, their time freedom in other words, right? Like, so how are they, um, really spending their time and trying to have a little bit more control over Mm -hmm. that. So if you are, you know, a gigist, let's say, (laughs) um, you, you know, you're kind of creating a cushion. Maybe you're trying to create this, uh, this cushion so that when you decide, okay, it's time for me to have my freedom. It's time to have some free time. You, you know, you're not necessarily worried, uh, you know, about like financial consequences because 
you have all of those things, you know, you had all of those things running. Okay. And now you're like, okay, I can take a breather Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, again, going back to I've laid groundwork financially um, with all my multiple gigs, but also because I'm not like, you know, kind of tethered to this one specific job. Um, that dictates when I can take vacation, when I can't, you know, all of this type of thing, then you have some kind of modicum of freedom in there because of kind of the way that you've structured your life. So this is similar to, um, I want to say the way that I was uh, kind of building my life, um, you know, for the past, I don't know, maybe five years or maybe six years, maybe a little longer mm-hmm. than that, actually, um, you know, in terms of being an adjunct, um, an adjunct professor, right? So, or adjunct faculty member, um, what does that mean? It means, okay, you are juggling multiple, um, you know, jobs at multiple institutions, but then, you know, there's break times that come up or, um, you know, depending on what the the institution you work for, it's possible for another teacher to take over your classes for let, let's say a month or however long, and then you can feel you're free to come back after that amount of time. And then, I mean, it just really kind of just sets you up for, all right, I'm doing this juggling and I know that after it, you know, I'll be able to uh, kind of work in time for whatever other pursuits or relaxation I want to have. But then the problem, of course, comes in of how, I mean, not necessarily problem, but, you know, sometimes uh, you you can feel like you're spinning your wheels, in other words, right, with all the different gigs. And you can feel like maybe I want the the advantages of being an employee, okay, which is what are those advantages, a steady paycheck, um, possible, as you said, possible employee perks, okay, Um, and maybe, maybe a little bit less stress in terms of, um, you know, just kind of always having to pivot your brain mm-hmm. every time you're going to like go to the next gig. Right. Um, but then of course there are drawbacks to being an employee, right? Like the earning potential is usually limited, right. um, you know, for, for a fixed amount of time. Right. I mean, it, it, you have a fixed schedule as well. Um, and you know, maybe it's tougher for you to be able to only focus on the stuff that you really love, right? Because like with every job, I feel like you're still kind of fulfilling someone else's vision, right? And so that means that you, not everything that you do, you're going to necessarily enjoy doing, right? There's always some kind of like grunt work or something involved in like a job that maybe you're not so enthused about. Um, And so the idea is that, you know, if you're kind of, you have the gig thing going, whatever you have time to kind of carve out and figure out, well, what are the best aspects of, of this and yeah. then kind of move forward from there? Yeah, I think, you know, I want to speak a little bit about that, too, in um, in the because if we're focusing about the juggling act, I think some of the takeaways, having been interested in doing things for myself in the last X amount of years as well, that I think I might want to relate to the listeners is understanding at, at the onset of when you're about to venture in what the different streams of income could be for yourself and trying to be a little bit savvy and setting yourself up. So I know the way that I was working, I didn't even have a business plan, which I should have done from day one. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Even right now, it's still, <laughs> it's still kind of half, half done. 
like 12, 12 years, years later, later yeah, in a sec, it's still like okay, the table yeah. of contents are there, but the rest of it's not. And the reason why I bring this up is because especially since, you know, I don't, I don't have like a brick and mortar facility where I'm just selling widgets out of the, the office environment or the building environment. I have a variety of services that I can provide, but when I'm collecting my income from that, whether I am being an independent contractor and I'm billing someone else or I am providing a service through my own business entity, I think I need what I'm probably going to start to do better this year and next year is understanding of how to what they call, you know, diversify my income, making sure that I am setting aside money not just for my own payments of myself and how to survive, because I think I've mentioned this in the previous episodes where I really feel like you have to triple the normal salary of a full-time employee when you're working for yourself to cover all of those expenses of taxes and health insurance and um, potential incidentals that might come up. But set aside money to invest, like just put some things aside for what would potentially be your own version of 401k. And there are things like maybe one day we'll get into like the small business version of how you can, um, you know, diversify your income and then creating profit for yourself of understanding don't start low all the time and energy that you put into building up who you are. Don't be apprehensive. And because our podcast is primarily geared towards women, I think we've mentioned this a thousand times. Women always undersell themselves. They don't know how to negotiate as well as a man does. And we are paid less just in general. So, you know, what I started out doing at $40 an hour and I was like, is that too much? Is that okay? I'm now confidently saying 250 bucks an hour. That's my number. Like that's it because I know how much I have to struggle to get to have everything I want at 40 bucks. It's not worth it. And all of the money and time that I've invested in my professional development, going back to school, dues that I pay to be membership uh, members in different things, that's worth something. I remember seeing a quote, and I'm, I'm sorry that I don't remember who he is. Maybe when we do the notes, I'll remember about, you don't pay me for the minutes I, or the hours I spend with you. You pay me for the years that I've invested to get to where I am now to be that expert. So that's where I think, like you said before, understanding your why is the juggling worth it? Absolutely. But learn how to juggle. Like, try not to constantly be dropping all those balls everywhere, hitting yourself in the head with, with the ball. <laughs> Learn how to juggle. I've seen lots of success stories with a lot of the, the groups that I belong to, the forums that really inspire me that it's, it's coming. It's coming soon. I've got to get myself a little bit more squared away. People saying they're so happy they took the step. People saying I finally was able to quit my full-time job and I'm now making more and working less. So I know it's there. I know it's there. I just have to probably get a little bit more um, efficient and have some more structure. And again, like I said, that's my goal for the end of first quarter is to to be able to um, put those things in place. So I don't feel so crazily spread thin in that way. I would like to say that I really like that you talked about investing and mm -hmm. I just, um, I think maybe we can close up, uh, with the, this quote that I, that I, that speaks to kind of what we're sure. talking about now. Okay. So, and it says that the key is to work extremely hard for a short period of time. And then in parentheses, it has here one to five years. Okay. And then create abundant wealth and then make money work for you through wise investments that yield a passive income for life. And this was H.W. Charles, who 
is an author of a few books, The Money Code, The Investing Code, Business Ideas, things like this. Okay. So why um, do I like this quote? Because we, you know, we're talking about juggling, juggling, and juggling is not easy, Mm -hmm. right? And so this idea, I mean, of course, is in terms of the years, that's up to the individual, right? But the idea of, you know, putting things in place and, you know, participating in this juggling act and then realizing, you know, that you need to be setting yourself up with a nice uh, nest egg, like deciding, like, again, what you said, learn how to juggle. I like that. And I think that that's kind of like the biggest takeaway from this is if you are going to juggle, learn how to juggle, Mm -hmm. learn what's worth your while, learn what you can do with the funds that you have been making from your juggling so that you can kind of set your life up the way you would like it to be. Okay, Empowerers, I hope you've enjoyed this session. Please use the link in the description box to comment, ask questions, or make suggestions for future content. And be sure to tune in next week for another session of empowerment.